Welcome back to another episode of Soul Seeker. You have entered episode number four, or I should say uh, recap number four of a five-part blog series. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, then just stop listening right now and listen to the previous three podcasts, at least so you have an idea of what this is about. But just as a recap, I wrote a five-part blog series after doing ayahuasca for the first time. And I never record that in the form of a podcast. And here it is about six months later and I'm ready, finally able and willing or whatever you want to say, I'm finally getting to it. And uh, this is number four in the five-part series about my journey with ayahuasca. So if you haven't uh, listened to the first ones or it's been a while since you listened to them and you want to recap, just go back to the most previous podcast, those first few blogs from this five-part series. With that, let's go ahead and dive into part four. Ayahuasca journey. My journey. Naturally, going into my first time ever of doing ayahuasca, I was a bit nervous. The whole time leading up to my journey, I was mostly excited with just a bit of nerves mixed in. I knew that I was in the right headspace to receive the medicine, so that helped me keep grounded and calm. If nerves do take over, then do three simple things. Breathe. Follow your breath. Let it guide you. Two, be clear on your intention. Ayahuasca found you for a reason, and you are doing this to heal and to explore. Whatever your intention is, let it be your source of courage. Three, surrender. Have faith in Mother Aya and let her be your mentor as you become the hero in your journey. First challenge, facing my fears. Repay is tobacco that is blown into your nostril one at a time as a way of helping you get in touch with your body. I've always had issues breathing through my mouth, so I was terrified of receiving smoke through my nostrils as your only choice is to breathe through your mouth. It brought up memories of scuba diving and needing to come back up to the boat due to not being able to breathe as they instructed me to do so. Another memory of swallowing a bit of chewing tobacco from high school along with the nausea feeling that lasted a couple hours came to mind as I thought more about what repay might feel like. See, when one of your ayahuasca facilitators blows the repay in your nose, saliva and tobacco will build in your mouth And if you freak out for any reason, you might accidentally swallow some tobacco instead of spitting it in the huge bowl conveniently placed between your hands in your lap. This would be the first test. I was so caught up in worrying that all the hard work I've done to be in the right headspace would be for nothing if I let the repay get the best of me. So with all my courage, I took the repay and focused on my breath. What do you know? Nothing bad happened. In fact, I actually loved the way Repay made my body feel. First checkpoint, accomplished. Faced my fears. Meditation. After Repay, we immediately went back to meditation despite just completing 30 non-stop minutes of meditation prior to Repay. This was a good time to reflect on the Repay experience and mentally prepare one last time before consuming ayahuasca. Opening ceremony. There were eight participants and three facilitators in our journey. 
We all sat in a sacred circle in the middle of a yurt in the Santa Cruz Mountains. The time has come. One by one, we went around the circle to vocalize our intention one final time before drinking. When my name was called to drink this magical brew that is ayahuasca, I rose excitedly with a smile to embark on my journey. You know, I have to say, ayahuasca isn't bad tasting. People call it everything from intolerable to horrendous and worst, yet I found it earthy and quite tolerable. To me, it tastes like the seeds from unsweetened acai. Or at least I told myself that anyway, as I drank the glass like it was water. I talked about this in one of uh, the previous uh, recap vlogs on the podcast, and I mentioned that, you know, people say ayahuasca tastes disgusting and tastes like tar and tastes so bad. And it, I don't want to make it seem like it tastes good. Like it by no means tastes good, but my point there was just it, it wasn't that bad. So don't worry about the taste. All right, let's continue. Waiting period. This was the only bad part of the whole experience. After drinking the first glass, I laid on my mattress, waiting for the medicine to kick in. The beautiful sounds of the music was something I tried to focus on, yet it didn't help me begin the journey. I laid there for what felt like at least 60 minutes, impatiently, as I dreamed of eating a steak or anything hearty after eating like a rabbit for a week. Finally, I started to feel some tingles in my upper body. Excitedly, I checked in with myself as to ask if this is what I've been waiting for. My thoughts went back and forth, yes, this is it, to no, this is nothing, keep waiting. It was a similar feeling to when you eat an edible and have that internal debate within yourself if you're high yet or not. You, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> and as we all know, this is just the beginning. I'm going to go off script. So, if you've ever eaten edible and you start to have that feeling like, oh, am I high? Like, I think I'm high. Oh, I'm not high. Oh, oh, I, I am high. No, this isn't really it. Then you go, oh, wait, no, I, I am high. It was kind of like that with ayahuasca where I was like, is this it? Is this it? And it kind of creeps up on you. All right, let's continue. The Purge, phase one. After my second glass of ayahuasca, I continued to lay uncomfortably as I still wasn't feeling anything. Finally, out of nowhere, I sat straight up, grabbed my huge bowl to the right of my mattress, and let it all out. This isn't a normal kind of puke. It is a deep cleansing. As you let it out, you have a rush of old bad memories leaving your soul. Within minutes, you're done, and I just felt so thankful and ready for my journey to begin. To me... This is known as the first phase of your journey. Okay, I want to talk about the purge a bit more. So purge just means you're puking. And for some people, it comes out of the south end. I haven't um, shat um, purged, but people do do that. Um, I've only puked. And one of my biggest fears of ayahuasca going into it was the puke because I just remember, you know, either when you're sick or hungover and puking can be violent. You know, it can be very unpleasant. When I purged the first time doing ayahuasca, it was nothing like that. It was like a cleansing and it just happened to be coming out of my mouth, right? And I remember kind of just like wiping it off my face and just <sighs> just breathing. And I, I was just like, oh, I feel good. Like it, it was 
like tingles and sensations leaving my body as it happened. And I didn't have any of that like sweats or like nasty and overwhelming and uh, pain puke. It was just like, all right, let's do this. So I just want to make that clear. Like the puke isn't always as violent as you might think it might be. Okay, so moving on. Phase two, the cleansing. The purge was just the beginning of my detoxification. Next, as I lay on my back, I felt that tingly sensation I felt earlier, only this time was different, much different. The tingles turned to vibrations similar to the vibrations I felt from my breathwork, only this time it was much more euphoric. Up and down my neck, along my shoulder blades, down to my traps, Mother Aya gave me the best massage I've ever received. It reminded me of being at the dentist, something I don't enjoy. But the way she hovered over me and was working on cleaning my body, I want you to imagine this. Um, when I say at the dentist and something I don't enjoy, I mean the fact that you know, you're laying down and on the mattress when you're at the dentist, that you're in that you know, recliner type chair and there's, they're kind of scratching your teeth when they're looking at them or, you know, they're doing the cleaning thing with the brush, whatever it is, they're kind of like working on you. I felt this being that I couldn't see, almost like a serpent-like shape going from side to side and uh, giving me this massage. And I'm going to get back to the blog here in a moment, but the massage was unlike anything I've ever felt before. It was from the inside of my body going to the outside. It wasn't like when you go get a massage or, you know, your significant other rubs you. It's not like that at all. It was from the inside out and it was all over and the most amazing feeling. And I even remember at one point in my brain, it felt like my brain was getting kneaded, like it was dough in different directions. And then it was getting squeezed out, like how you would squeeze out a towel to get all the water out of it. Like it felt like it was getting kneaded and then squeezing out the other stuff and it didn't hurt. Like it felt like a rewiring. It felt felt like nothing I've ever felt before. And I've done ayahuasca four times now. I get the massage every single time and I've shared this in the sharing circle and most people don't get this. In fact, there was one person in my circle who's done ayahuasca 12 times and she's like, I want the massage. I've never had that before. And you know, I don't get visions. Um, I don't see anything. Like most people with psychedelics or with ayahuasca, they see uh, colors and shapes and all that. I don't see that. So I don't know. I don't know if that means something, but I just wanted to share that with you because as I read more about the massage and you think about it, I don't want you thinking like, oh, it's going to be an amazing feeling. Expect, you know, because that's the big thing about ayahuasca and I guess just life, right? When we have expectations, we're just going to be let down. Anyways, let's continue. Where are we at? Um, she knew exactly where to go and alleviate my, any pain to prepare me for the journey she was about to take me on. It was almost like an HBO's Westworld series after the robots die, the way the surgeons work on their bodies and brought the robots back to life. I felt like Mother Aya was continuing to give me this deep massage until she fully repaired me. No, when I say she and that I received a massage, I'm not actually talking about a masseuse or even a, any human being for that matter. I'm referring to the spirit of Mother Ayahuasca. I could not see her. I didn't have visions like a lot of people might have. 
I felt a serpent-like being in front of me and slithering back and forth. It wasn't scary to me. To me, when I hear serpent or anything snake-like, I associate that as a negative. Maybe it's just my fear of snakes. I don't know. Anyway, I'm just saying I felt a spirit presence and it was in the form of a serpent. Rather, Mother Ayahuasca was in the form of a serpent. As for the massage, that was within my body. I didn't feel like this serpent was giving me a massage. The serpent presence never actually touched my body. If you go back and read how I, ex- ex- or listened, how I explained breathwork and the vibrations, that is exactly how this massage felt, but only better. Although I saw nothing, I felt her. Meanwhile, the music and the vibrations from the drums made the rest of my body feel like I was floating. I had this feeling and understanding of how whales communicate with each other underwater. I was in my journey and wanted Mother Aya to show me everything. She continued to give me this massage as a meaning of a traumatic near-death experience surfaced. Facing a near-death experience... When I was 23, I thought it would be cool to stand a paddleboard under the Golden Gate Bridge to get a cool picture. I got the pic, but that's besides the point. By the time I paddled under the bridge, the swell had gotten really intense. I had to get in a deep, knee-bent athletic position to just not fall off my board. Next thing you know, I saw several dorsal fins. I immediately thought that these were great white sharks three of them circling me within inches of my board. I closed my eyes, bent my knees further, and told myself, they're dolphins, they're dolphins, they're dolphins. My exact memory after this is fuzzy, which is often the case from traumatic experiences. But I do remember opening my eyes at some point, and they were gone. And we eventually made it back to shore safely. This memory came at The distinct time I was feeling a spiritual connection to whales and the ocean, I felt like it was Mother Aya telling me that these sharks felt my energy and my soul and let me be because they knew it wasn't my time. A couple other near-death experiences surfaced and all this gave me more belief in my life's calling to inspire others. And this was just the beginning, all during my quote-unquote massage. Phase three, truths. The next phase was as painful as it was beautiful. Mother Aya helped me address so many hidden truths why I felt so empty. Some with friendships that have soured for petty reasons or otherwise unknown. Many having to do with my ex-girlfriend and coming to the realization that we will need to completely start over to make it work. Most of all, What I finally understood is that everything happens for a reason, exactly when it's supposed to happen. So many examples of timing that was too convenient to understand came rushing in. I started to understand that energy is everything, and that we are all interconnected through our energy. The belief in just surrendering overcame me with not only surrendering to this journey with Mother Aya, But I realized that I'm always trying to force situations and make things happen on my timeline. I am not in control. You are not in control. None of us are in control. 
I finally understood that everything will align just when it's supposed to. And that the more I try to control and force anything to happen quicker than it's supposed to, then the more pain I will be in. Just let it happen and don't worry. Easy to say, hard to implement. So I continue to have this internal conversation with Mother Aya. On one hand, I thought I discovered the meaning of life, and on the other hand, I had so many questions for Mother Aya. What I noticed is that the more I asked Mother Aya questions, the more she disappeared. I was by myself. She was gone like she was never there to begin with. This is when I went back to my breath. I let my thoughts become nothing. My mind was clear like magic. Mother Aya's serpent-like presence came back. I felt it with all my being that this is what it means to surrender. Yes, this is my journey, but Mother Ayahuasca is my guide. What did I just learn? I can't control situations. I had to surrender. I'm going to go off script. Um, whew, there's a lot to unpack there. Um, it's crazy just reading it again, but Mother Aya would give me these downloads, as we say. You know, they, she would give me these realizations of just things that would happen. Like one of them was with my dog. My dog's been been a little unhealthy and she's been having ear problems and some itching problems and this and that. And my dad, Brighter, he's got her sister and her mom and he's into all this holistic health. And, you know, with my parents, she's got a great life. Um, my, they're pre-retired. She, my dog gets to be with her sister and her mom. My dad takes them uh, training twice a day and just always there for them. My lifestyle with working and with, you know, just everything. It, I don't give her the lifestyle that she could, that she deserves and that she could have if she's with them. And I started to think like when I leave, she starts scratching a lot, even if she has her cone on and she's very needy. And I came to this realization that she needs to live with my parents until she heals and maybe even full time. And it, that was just one simpler thing. But I had these, these like questions for mother ayahuasca, like, how is this going to happen? Like, how am I going to be able to do this? What, what is this going to look like? You know, just, just like, okay, I get what you're telling me, but what actually, how is this going to happen? That's when Mother Aya would disappear, right? And that's when I would, like, try to chase after her and get her back. And I'd be like, where'd she go? Like, it was like she was never there to begin with. And then that's when I went back to surrender. I can't control her to come back. I can't. I need to surrender to this moment. And then in that moment, when I finally did surrender, she came back and took me on a new journey with new realizations. And it's like everything clicked. It was, I understood what it meant to surrender and how when you do surrender, things happen the way they're supposed to. I just wanted to riff on that for a bit. So anyways, let's get back to this. When I surrendered... That is when Mother Aya came back. She took me on a wild ride of memories and lessons. Every single time I tried to stop her to explore something deeper than what she wanted to show me, she'd disappear again. This is really when it all came flooding in. The meaning of life was so clear and time slowed down for me. The most beautiful feeling of energy through love went rushing through my body and soul. I understood in this very experience that happiness starts with acceptance. Acceptance 
and I am not in control. Be present with your breath. Be present in the moment. Appreciate what you have and live in the present second. Not what you did earlier in the day, weeks ago, years ago, what you're doing a few hours from the present, what you'll be doing when you get back to the office, what your life will be like over the next several years, etc. Be in the present moment and appreciate the breath you inhale and exhale without consciously thinking about doing. Just be present. This became my meaning of life. Everything is about your breath because this body is just a shell for this lifetime. I wish I remembered everything that I experienced and that I could share this all with you. However, I was extremely present during my journey and some of what I discovered is just a feeling now. And the specifics are filed away somewhere in my brain that I haven't tapped back into quite yet. What I do understand is that like many others, I've been living on the surface. I've been consumed with what I'm supposed to do and living a life that is what we're supposed to do rather than being in touch with my soul and living a life intentionally that I truly want to live. How will this shift in consciousness change my life for the better after journeying with ayahuasca? Well, for that answer and more, stay tuned for the final blog post or podcast in this five-part series. The truth is, we are all searching for something, and the sooner we let go and breathe in the present moment, the sooner we'll find peace. So that's my journey with Mother Ayahuasca. Um, that was the first night, and uh, the second night was a little bit tougher, and I've done it twice since then as well. And It's really about the integration. I want you to know that doing Ayahuasca is one thing, but if you don't take the time to integrate the lessons into your life, then you might as well not have done it. For example, for the first three weeks or so after I did ayahuasca, I built in new practices. I made sure not to miss my meditations. I started meditating for at least 20 minutes a day, and I would um, also do 30 to 60 minutes of um, not meditation, but where I just lay on the ground and listen to the playlist that they had from the ayahuasca experience to get me like back in touch with that. And I kept up with the dieta, and I started more of a gratitude list. Um, I think that's around the time I started brewing my own kombucha, which was a healing and therapeutic process to um, brew kombucha, which is not something I would have thought, but it really was a, a cool little hobby. And I don't know what happened, but somewhere along the lines, I found happiness again, and I let the meditations uh, fall to the wayside, and I used new distractions to not be in touch with my feelings and then things started to unfold and started to crash. Not as bad as it was before, but, you know, I've been off and on since then. You know, sometimes I'll have my good days or my good weeks, but I know that to truly be on this path and to really be more in touch with my soul I need to keep up with my daily habits, whether it be my gratitude list, my meditations, being in the present moment, which is something why I do yoga so much because yoga really helps me clear my mind and really get me out of 
you know, what we call this monkey brain of feeling like, oh, my to-do list or what do I have to do later? It it really helps me stay present. So I'm really trying to um, make this integrate into my life. And I think I'm doing a pretty good job. Soul Seeker definitely is holding me accountable to have more soul life balance rather than work life. So next uh next podcast we're going to tie this up wrap it up uh, with a bow as they say and uh give you uh the final thoughts on ayahuasca and then we'll move on back to uh the regular podcast but with that i just want to thank you for checking these out i do appreciate your time and i do appreciate you investing in yourself and i hope you appreciate yourself and just keep at it you know it's a it's about the journey. I think too many times we get caught up in the destination and we don't enjoy the journey in the present moment. So hopefully that helps. All right. Be with you next time. Much love, my friends. Hey, before I let you go, I just wanted to mention my new project, Clone Yourself. I am so passionate to help and teach others but specifically entrepreneurs and really aspiring entrepreneurs. If you have a side hustle, you create content or anything at all, and you find yourself getting bogged down in the tedious tasks, the time-sucking tasks, the stuff that's the reeking of information, the stuff you do while you're multitasking, then it's time for you to get a virtual assistant. If you wanna learn how to recruit, hire, train, and manage, and scale with virtual assistants, then check out the show notes for my new podcast called Clone Yourself or just search Clone Yourself in your favorite podcast listening app. Thanks again, and I'll catch you in the next podcast.